Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To win the game! He's got it! The Tigers have won by a point! A kick out to the siren! They've gone bananas at the J! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening to us, this is Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, and the Super Coach Hawk. Sitting here with the big horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, my friend? Bobby, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the bombers are in the eights. Get around them. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I'm still just yeah. popping along. Anyone who's watching this on YouTube right now, you Inside. hear that intro. I don't know. I really like it. I'm, I'm yeah. strangely up and about for a Monday. That is when we are recording this. This will most likely yeah. drop on Tuesday, along with we will be recording a, a DPP special as well as DPPs have dropped. Yeah. This show is going to be more about the round 11 wrap up, no doubt. We'll probably mention some of the names that do have DPP status, but we'll do a smaller one. So if you want a bite-sized version of DPPs, we will be dropping that as well. Um, anyone who knows me, I am pretty sprightly for a Monday. I don't hate Mondays. For me, it would be like, I don't like Tuesdays. No, I don't like Tuesdays. Why? Mondays, you get to go in the office and talk about all the good things that have happened over the weekend. By the time you get to Tuesday, you don't have as much to talk about and you're still not that close to the weekend. So mm. anyways, I digress. How was your weekend? Yeah, not too bad, mate. We got to watch a lot of footy, had a couple of beers, 
it was it was nice. Back to work tomorrow though, so back to the back to the grind. But yeah, the, the buy rounds they've started, and uh, I'm hoping both of us can get 18 on the park. Yeah, I think I'm looking pretty good. There's a lot of hot news out at the moment. Rory Laird cited by the uh, MIO. Uh, you've got Sicily who's accepted a one-week ban. Shout out to the uh, – I'm pretty sure it's the SC Godfather on Twitter. Um, I think he brought both those players in last week. It is a cruel, cruel world. Both put up huge scores, but to both get cited and possibly miss a week – what makes it worse is no none of their teams actually have the buy this week as well. So you, I think they've both got one round this week and then maybe miss one. You've got some decisions to make if that's uh, if that's your situation. But we know it's a cruel world, but we love it. We come back year in year out. It's kind of like golf. Let's be honest. You play terrible for seventeen, then you play well on the eighteenth. You're like, yeah, I've got great. it. I'm coming back. But uh, yeah, yeah look, we'll talk about our teams and the players we have out there. We'll do a bit of a wrap up. Um, and no better place to start than game one, and mm. it is miserable in Carlton at the moment. Uh, not only did they score six goals, 15, they went down to Sydney by 26 points. There is a news break today that's come out that there was an altercation awesome. with their president and also their director of football, which has resulted in the director of football handing in his resignation. What is going on in blue bagger land? There's a lot going on, but it's not real good. So <laughs> the, the story that's been released is that the director of football had a verbal spat uh, directly after the games in the rooms, in front of the coaches, in front of the families of the players, in front of the families, and pretty much laid it out all out on the line. Wow. He was then pulled back in the line saying this is not good enough. And whether it be a resignation or whether it be that his position on the board is untenable, Given what was said during that is another thing, but my gosh, you know, Carlton aren't helping themselves. And I know I've said that Voss is under the pump and whatever else, and I think that he is, but <clears throat> Carlton should have won. Like they had 59 yeah. inside 50s. They kicked six goals, 15. Harry Mackay would not be able to hit water if he fell out of a boat. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just ridiculous, wasn't it? It it mate, it's it's really sad. We talked about it a lot in our in our chat yeah. with the boys. I mean, I'd love this gig. It's a great list. There's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse with the list. You've got what you yeah. want. You've got you've got a two headed serpent up forward. You've got you've got big high draft picks down your back line. You've got big bodied midfielders with a pretty decent ruck. You know, it, there's nothing to not like. I mean, do they lack a little bit in some small forwards? Yeah. They're, you know, yeah, they do. I think, um, what's his name? Young Motlop's showing a bit of promise, but, mate, it's a good list and they should be performing a lot more. But um, yeah. it was super coach numbers and, and he was an interesting one. So Jacob Wiedering with a one, uh, 125. Did you hear his interview after the match? Yeah, how he's um, it's on the players and not on the coach. On, on the players and not on the coach. But he did say... We did pretty well down back. I feel like we took some good marks and things like that, but six goals isn't good enough. Is that a backman having a little bit of a crack at his forwards? Personally, absolutely. I think it is. Absolutely it is, yeah. Absolutely it is. I mean, it's factual. Six goals is not enough, but to me it was a little bit of a dig. But uh, 125 from him, he actually played strong with a bit of – he's had a bit of scrutiny on him. Personally, I, I rate him as a player. 
Um, Sam Doherty, 124. Um, Sam Walsh, 105. Just keep on keeping on. He's missed out on DPP status yes. for Ford, though. Uh, Mitch McGovern had to step up and did, 99. I don't mind Cottrell. Did you watch much of the game? He, he, yeah. he finds a way yeah. to get his hands on the boys. Not a bad player, um, yeah. Cottrell. Chera's going all right with a 96. Saad. Now, a lot of people have put out a few comments about Saad. They brought him in when he was averaging about 115. We were all go, go, go for him, showing his numbers without uh, – what's his name down there? Williams? Uh, Williams? Yep. Yep, Williams exactly. Down there. Zach Williams. Yep. Um, but, yeah, he sort of just dropped a little bit off now. And, and I tell you, the one who is very much on the chopping block for me is one Patrick Cripps. 77. I didn't put the VC on him. I did talk about it on our podcast to put the VC on, but he just didn't have the numbers to back him up. And again, put up a pretty dismal performance. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just players that are just out of confidence. Like when you look at Saad, you look at Cripps, you look at Mackay, you look at Kerno to an extent. These are all players that are really, really good players that are just down on confidence. Like it may only take one week and they're back up and amongst it again. That's the, the beauty of football. But with the way we're looking at it at the moment, you know, with a team missing as many players as they are, like I really like Nick Blakey, and I've mentioned that on the show before, that he's, he's a star of the future, and I had my eyes on bringing him in. But when he dominated the game like he did, you know, he's, he's not at that elite level yet. You know, when you've got Jake Lloyd, you've got Nick Blakey, two back pockets. They were playing as back pockets, half backs that were – easily the two most influential people in the game, then something's wrong with Carlton. You know, and it may only take this week, but they've got some tough games coming up too. They do. I think they definitely don't look in contention now to make the eight. Um, the two you talked about, Jake Lloyd with a 139, Blakey with a 125. Chad Warner, again, showing he has a high ceiling, 112. So he's on that list of... High ceiling, yep. but inconsistencies for me for, for 2024. Uh, again, another defender in Robbie Fox with a 105. Will Hayward's one I rate really highly as a player. Hasn't become consistent enough from a super coach level, but he got the ton as well. Errol Goulden, 93. I put the VC on him. I think you did too. I think quite a few did. Look, wasn't the worst game. Um, sitting out on the wing, I don't think his CBAs were very high. They had Tom Papley in there quite a lot uh, for the bounce downs. That said... I watched the game closer. I couldn't help but watch Gould and know he had the VC on him. He does put himself in really good spots to get the ball. And there are a couple of occasions where they didn't give it to him. So I'm not too worried about his 93. Um, But yeah, Sydney up and about again, which is is good to see. Hopefully people listened to us and didn't jump on early on uh, McAndrews. He only got a 23. Um, So hopefully people didn't jump on that train too quickly. Before we move on from this game, would you believe if I told you that Chad Warner is playing his 50th game this weekend coming. He's still that, that third season. So he's in his third season or fourth season. Yeah. So what has he missed a game? He'd be, he'd be right been, up there. He's not missing he's, any games. He's been pretty good. Like when you're talking about a first 50 games and he's, you know, he's gotten 150s, 160s before he's, he's around that hundred average at the moment. Yeah. He's someone we need to look at in the future as a potential top six, top eight midfielder. His ceiling is extremely high. I think people are getting a little bit too excited in some competitions yeah. naming him for a possible Brownlow chance this year and things like that. No. Look, he's he can get three-vote games and things like that. I think he's got to work on his consistency. But, yeah, to think 
Are you sort of? I'm assuming you're going from the angle of he's only played 50. I mean, his yeah. ceiling is very high. You're spot on. Um, mm-hmm. I love watching him play, and I think he's in the right team as well. I think he's just got the That's right a, players around him to bring the yeah. best out in him too. So, yeah, it's a good system. He's he's great to watch. Fantastic. Did you? Sorry, we're going to spend a bit on this first game. Did you see the? Um, did you see the horse um, interview about now after Dimmer retired, and that supposedly he's now the longest serving coach in the AFL? I didn't say that. No, it's as if he didn't want the. It's as if he didn't want the heat on him to like your next to possibly go at some point. So he's gone. Interviewer sort of gone. Do you know you're the longest serving coach? And he just goes, Chris Scott. And the guy's like, Oh no, I think Chris Scott. It was a little bit later than you. He's like, Yeah, but it was the same year as me. And just so stone cold too. Like, Nah, same year as me though. He's like, Oh, I think he started maybe two or three days after you. And Lomai was just like, Mate. So we're the same. Let's just go with we're the same. Yeah, he really yeah, didn't want the mantle of being longest serving coach. It was it was quite an interesting interview. Anyways, we moved, yeah, it, it'd be an interesting character in real life, I reckon. It'd yeah. be an interesting, interesting cat. This is the game I'm excited about, and I actually missed out. I had fully penciled in Fremantle and Melbourne to be the game I was going to watch on Saturday until my Hawks were up and about. Move over, Harley Reid. We don't care. We can't get you anymore. We're going to start winning. Let's go. So um, I was really impressed by the Hawks. I think I dropped a couple of messages. Look, I'm realistic mm-hmm. to what's still going to happen this year, but they have unearthed some good young players, and that is mm-hmm. what this has done. And a lot of people have come out this week going, we got it wrong. Sam Mitchell is a genius. Um, that team, for as young as they are, are unearthing talent and starting to show that they can actually knock off a couple of decent footy teams as well, which is which is great to see. Um, James Sisley, a massive 172. He's probably earned himself a week off, so why not? Uh, Dylan Moore back in the right scoring, um, you know, underperforming this year based on the year that he had last year. But I think we all were pretty safe to know that he wasn't going to score the same as he did the year before with a 139, Impia 112. Newcomb, we talked about him last week on the pod. Again, again. another consistent ton. And again, I like him. He gets the footy. He's classy. He tackles. Um, he's starting to put it on the boot a little bit more and be a bit more efficient. So he's uh-huh. definitely on my list for 2024. Uh, Connor Nash, 88. Who else sort of stood at? Uh, Will Day, yeah, not yeah. his best game, although 30 touches, 74. Um from quickly from a St Kilda standpoint, Brad Crouch got the 104. We've talked about him many times. Wanganin Miller are 100. Uh, Rowan Marshall, 98. A few people went through the VC on him. That's probably the highest score the Rucks, the Hawks Rucks have given away this year. Is. Other than maybe uh, Griggs at one point, I think, went all right. Other than that, not some massive scores. There's some disappointing scores. In Sinclair only getting a 71. Steele only getting a 62. Um, some people still have uh Filippo with a 51, Caminetti with a 45. Yep, yuck. I have it was a good game of footy to watch. I would like, I don't like James Sicily and the way he goes about it, but that was an unreal game of footy from him. So, hats off to you, mate. Well played. Um, it was an unreal comeback win by Hawthorne, too, just sitting there watching. You know, it just it looked like it, just a matter of time until St Kilda blew him out of the water with the way that they were running and carrying through Hawthorne's defence. As much as Hawthorne had the ball and were just missing early on, uh, but that last quarter they just they yeah bounced bounced around and uh, a few things went their way and yeah they came home with a real wet sail. So well done to them. 
Um, unfortunately, it is going to cost some Harley Reid, though, isn't it? Well, there's a lot of talk over West, uh, over here in WA, that West Coast, and I don't think they will, but I don't mind the strategy, but I'm not trying to look at it from a, a Hawthorne approach, that they need to do more if they do end up with the number one pick, that they should look to move it. And the talk that was mm-hmm. coming out of it was like a Hawthorne, who now has a lot of first-round picks, to go, do you go after a Tyler Brockman or a Granger Barras, who are both WA boys, on top of multiple first-round picks for that number one pick, which is something that Hawthorne, considering they're so young, would possibly entertain, um, depending on what the squad looks like. So a lot of talk about that over here in WA, that they need to fast-track this rebuild, and that one player is not enough. They need to start going after more picks and a couple of players. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what happened What happened to Mitchell? Seaman, yeah, Seaman Mitchell. I don't know. Did I miss something? Yeah, apparently he got hurt. I missed it. Totally missed yeah. it. Okay. okay. I'll, we'll have to get back I'll go to and have a look. On, I'll go and have a look. I'll check that out. Uh, did you want to ask me, you were talking about Will Day after the game. What, yeah, what's yeah. Going so on Will Day, 30 touches. Why was it only 74? What was going on there? Yeah, look. Yeah. A lot of people have talked about Will Day on the chopping block for their teams. I think it was you who we talked a lot about Canelio and whether he should get moved on early on and things like that. But for me, you know, if somebody's still getting 30 touches, what he was doing is he, was, he wasn't he was as effective by hand and that's when you stuff up a few handballs, that's never good. But kicking-wise, he was still getting a couple out of the pack and just sort of kicking them and our forwards were bringing them to ground, but it was a turnover to the opposition. So, look, he's a hold for me. At absolute worst, if he moves to D6, you've got a guy playing in the midfield, getting touches. He'll uh, he'll turn this around. I, I don't have too many concerns with him. I wouldn't be moving him on unless you're in that fantastic top 1% and uh, and those scores aren't good enough. Yeah. I've got him. So you'd agree that you'd hold? Oh, I'm holding him. I'm happy with him. There's yeah. other things I've got to fix before that. The guy's still getting his hands on the footy. I rate him. I think he's classy. Um, he's only... What, a 21-year-old as well? He's going fine. He'll be all good. Okay. We move on. Uh, This was the game I missed. I'm hoping you watched a little bit. I got a lot of commentary from my mate here in WA. Um, Fremantle doing the job against Melbourne, getting over the line by seven points. Mm -hmm. Um, My boy Petraka with a lovely 122, playing with a, a no Oliver side. Uh, Sparrow obviously getting a little bit more time with a 109, Grundy with a 101, Gorn with a 98, uh, Salem with an 88. I know a lot of people are starting to think about whether he's one they might bring into their side. Mm-hmm. Um, from a Fremantle perspective, Andy Brayshaw with a 127, James Ace with a 109, Hayden Young with a 103, Jai Miss with a 94. Five, Caleb's wrong, still a decent score with a 93. And then your, your Ryans and your Coxes with uh, 91 and 90. Luke Jackson is the one that I want to sort of talk about. Um, he popped up with a 106 uh, with Sean Darcy going down with a hamstring in that game. It's come out that it's, he's got no sort of timeline for return. But Luke Jackson in the last four weeks, 126, 119, 81 and a 106 against the double-headed dragon of Gorn and Grundy in Melbourne. He's starting to actually tell the papers and the journos at the start of the year to shut up. This guy has talent and probably gives yeah. Freeman a little bit of thinking about their future. What do you reckon? He was good. 
from what we from what I saw, sorry, on the weekend, I didn't watch the whole game, probably three quarters of it. He more than held his own against Gorn and Grundy. And I think he probably did have that little bit of chip on the shoulder, so to speak, coming from his old club. He's copped a bit of stick for for leaving to go home. Probably not on a Jason Horn Francis level, but still, <laughs> you're always going to cop it against your old club, aren't you? But um, yeah. Was, yeah. And if Darcy if Darcy misses, you know, his two, I don't think it's going to be any more than two games. They've got a buy, and then I think they've got a game. I don't think they need to sweat because he's more than capable. There was one game last year where he played without Gorn and was a lone ruckman and scored 141. So if that happens, it might be a pod that you bring in for now and you've just smashed out some numbers with Darcy in the side. So he could be a nice little pod towards the back end of the year. It's going to be an interesting one to see. As you said, they've got the buy um, and then he, I reckon it gives you a bit of an opportunity to have a look at, at what you do with Darcy, give him another week, you feel a bit confident about it. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in. My mindset thinks that they'll bring in Tabana into that forward line instead of bringing in – I know they have a younger ruck on their on their list, but I don't think he's ready to go. It'll be interesting to see if Tabs can get back in that side and play as the, the forward second ruck with Jackson in there or if there's other options of what they do, um, which will give them a little bit of a talking point because there's a lot of news over here of Sean Darcy possibly wanting to go back to Geelong. Um, and whether Fremantle maybe cash in on a little bit of currency there. At the same time, with the people who know, um, I think they still think that they're in a premiership window over the next couple of years, and the Darcy-Jackson yep. combination is is what they want, and Darcy mm-hmm. seems pretty happy to stay. So it will be it will be interesting to see. Um, Fife with a 67. I know he's on a lot of people's yep. radars still. He's is only he on yours? 244,000 right now. For someone that's at two hundred and forty-four thousand, which is almost rookie price, was it his first or second game without being the sub? He's now uh, match fit. Second, second. He's now match fit. He's got a manageable break even now. He's he's nearly worth looking at for some even for some cheeky cash gen, like twenty okay. touches and sixty odd points. Uh, mm. With five another game that could easily turn into eighty-five, ninety. That could then turn into a hundred. We know in previous years that he is a consistent 100-point scorer when he's up and about. So, yeah, he's definitely on my on my watch list. He's the one – it's interesting, and I'm assuming it's because he does he has the buy that he they don't have his break-even written on there, and I'm assuming yeah. it will happen after this week. It, he's one of those ones where you don't need the 100 from him. If you're going to bring him in through the buy rounds from the second week of buys onwards, if he can get you 80s for four, four or five weeks – You'll take that. And I think for some of us who are kind of now having to go, i got to take some risks because I don't have the perfect drop one, you know, downgrade one, upgrade one kind of thing to a perfect primo because of some players not performing the way that we wanted. Um, he's one that you, you might have to take a little bit of a look at. And um, Freeman are in a position now where they need to win games. They can't really manage players. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's definitely definitely on the radar for me as somebody that might come in knowing I'll get him for every round, every week of the rest of the buy rounds. He's just played the last four games. He had 10 touches, six touches as sub, and then he's gone 17 touches, 20 touches. And it looks like, I'm just guessing here, but his break-even's around about 45 now. Yep, I reckon so, he's, he's cherry ripe to possibly come like, in, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Just depends on everyone's makeup. Um, one of the biggest – yeah, you're right. 
No, you go. Sorry. Well, one of the biggest surprises of the round, and there were plenty of upsets. Uh, Geelong at GMHBA got done by the Giants. I've heard that we must refer to them as Toby Green and the Giants now. It's like they're a little bit of a band now. Mm. So that's what I'm hearing. He was phenomenal again with a 121. I do like this Iden down the back line. 111, Lockie Ash with a 110. <laughs> the one who's st- stepping up is your country boy, um, Daniels. He's starting to actually really find his game, and I think he's getting some confidence in himself. And when he's up and about, he's uh, he's good, really good. I was, I was laughed at when I said that he could average 75 this year, but he's um, he's playing some really good footy at the moment. Yeah, I missed mm. that one. Let's. I'm just gonna, mate. I'm gonna go off script a little bit. Not that we have a script, but I just wanted That's to make okay. a sound, I wanted to make a sound yeah. professional there for a second. Yeah, mate, you're not far. He's gone off. He's gone up 182 thousand this year. So mm. he must have been originally priced at about one seventy thousand. One, yeah, one ninety one. One ninety one. He started at, and he's currently yep. he's currently sitting on a. A five-round average of 76.4, a three-round average of 86.7. He's currently averaging 77. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Look, now, would have you forever held him from the start? Probably not. But, like, look, that's um, he's gone 78, 56, 77, 86, 91, 59, 63, 46. Sadly, probably people would have started to drop him there after he went yeah. 59, 63. And then he's gone two tons against St Kilda and Geelong. Mm-hmm. Good on him. Good on him. Love that. Right. That's good. Um, I want to ask you about Briggs, Kieran Briggs, the Ruckman. Yep. Um, yeah, he looks good. Mate, I mentioned him. I, I said when everybody started looking at Lockie McAndrews and Lockie McAndrews, Luke McAndrews, um, no, whenever I started right. talking yeah. about him, um, I was like, hold on, hold on. I was like, I know it's a it's a bigger price tag, but for 254000 he looked really good. Um, and they're clearly looking to make that move. He got a 109 playing against Rowan Marshall. And now mm-hmm. he's just pulled out a 102, now albeit against Long. But he looks good. He looks he really does. good. And he and um and one that people could take a a ginormous risk on, I guess. I don't know. I don't but it's hard. Like you're not gonna drop English or Marshall to bring him in. I mean, I might have to do the I might yeah, but look, I don't want to bring in someone and put him on my bench because I've got Bryn Tickle sitting there still. But Scott Lysett looks like he's gonna hold his spot now. Um, not sure. It's a tough call. Yeah, it is. I, 
I want to see some job security. You know, I want to I want to hear the coach come out and say, "Yep, he's our ruckman for now. We're sticking with him." So yeah, he's, like he's our guy for the rest of the year. That's what you want to hear. You're spot on. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you want to hear. But for now, like 250, am I going to drop Sean Darcy for him? Probably not. It that was going to be my next question. If you've got Sean Darcy though, is that the play to make? He albeit for possibly two weeks. You know, I'm talking. I'm yeah. talking about the teams. I'm talking about the teams who are now top one percent, maybe top five percent. And you go, he's the guy that I'm going to bring in now for. I'm, I'm making sure they're they're definitely playing, aren't they? Um, yes, they are. Yeah, they don't have a buy. You bring it. You bring him in. Get a bit of cash. Get some score. Albeit, he could still possibly go to the bench, and you move someone else on, and you make a move. I don't think it's a bad shout. So they have. Still four games till the buy. So they've got the last of the buys. If I'm a top one percenter and I've now got the three trades for this buy round, he's coming in. Mm. If you sorry, if you sorry, let's be clear. I'll, I'll clear that up again. If I'm in the top one percent, five percent, and I've got Sean Darcy, he's coming in. You have to. I might even I might even you know what? I might even look at doing it for tickle because I need some more cash. Tickles yep. and, and Tickles not generating me cash now. I got I got the money out of him that I needed. I got um, a little bit. I got 50K. It's not the end of the world. I wanted him to play four games and I would have got my 100K. But I got 50K out of him. You move him now. It's a straight swap and you get some cash. I don't mind that. Well, yeah, I, I did have a little play with a trade generator today. And I could bring in Briggs. And if I traded uh, out Sean Darcy, that would leave me enough money to bring in a uh, Zach Merritt-type player. So we'll have to just wait and see. I'm playing Mate, catch up. What, we're digressing into the wrong show here, but that's yeah, all right. That's fine. It's our show. We'll do whatever we want. Um, right. If you do the math and you do a straight move from Tickle to him, even in one week, you've made yourself like 60K straight away, like in one week. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to look at that. I think I might have to use my three trades this week. Whoops. Whoopsies. Okay. Anyways, we get back into the scores. Uh, we didn't talk about Geelong scores. Tom Stewart, uh, 138. Blickvassel, 114. Uh, Graham Myers, a 91. Trying to see who else is super coach relevant. Jezza Cameron back in with an 80. Um, I really hope, and you were thinking about it, and I'm going to assume you didn't because I know you got a decent score. You didn't put the C on the, or the VC on Tom Hawkins, did you? No. Okay. 35 for the Tomahawk. Cross. He was bloody old. What was the um, the other one you were looking at? We, we want to make sure we stay relevant. Lockie Whitfield still put up an 84. He was looking good early too. He had his hands all over it early on, so they must have done a bit of a job on him after that. But, yeah, yep. they closed up. Anyways, we move on to another one of the upsets. Gold Coast versus the Western Bulldogs um, up in uh, Darwin. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt Rao, 159, massive score. Jared Witt's a 135. Holman a 118. Lakosha's kicking a few bags up forward. Interesting player, 105. Uh, Humph- oh, Noah Anderson, relevant, 92. Humphrey brought him in this week with a 90, so he's still getting the scores. And did you see his goal? He's a vibrant young little bloke, isn't he? He's... Uh, He's definitely up and about at the moment, which is great. Mm. We want characters. 
Rory Atkins, though, with a 28 was very disappointing to a few of us um, and subbed off. So who knows? Stewie Jew loves moving the magnets. So we'll see what happens there. I think probably the most talked about name this week will be uh, McRae with a 145 and getting that DPP status now. Bontempelli mm-hmm. a 124, Caleb Daniel 117, Bailey Dale 108, uh, Liam Jones 106, English 105. Uh, Liberatore had a slightly off game with an 80. Lucky I didn't bring in Bailey Smith. He only had a 61. Is that all? Wow, way. Um, yeah, this is one of the games that I actually did tip the upset for, even though my, my tips did look pretty ordinary this week. The grass-fed cow himself in Rao was awesome, wasn't he? He was just mm. everywhere. 159. Uh, Lacocious, he's definitely playing a nice little role up forward. They had a they had a stat in the second quarter. I think he, he kicked nearly all of the goals in that second quarter. But at one stage, he had three goals for three touches for six metres gained. And his super coach score was 50. So you just see how the super coach gods can make you look really good, even though you've done next to <laughs> F all. Yeah. You know, when he's kicking goals from the goal square. But I really like this Humphrey fella. He's a he's a powerfully built 18-year-old. He knows how to find the footy. He uses it well. They love him up there. It's almost like the Took Miller injury has just given he, Stewie Jew a license to just go, here you go, mate. Have a crack, see how you go. And you know what? They're on a, a nice little win streak at the moment. And um, I did call at the start of the season they could potentially play finals. And, like, I'm not going to back down from that. I think they've got a pretty favourable draw coming up. I think they, they still need a few things to go their way. But, you know, they're just as, as well as set as ever to be able to break that hoodoo of not being able to play finals before. So, Absolutely. He's still got a break even of 11 going into yeah. this week. And even yep. with a projected score of 74, all right, that's a reasonable projection. It's not too bad. He still mm-hmm. goes up another 28.5K. Yeah. So, um, yeah, laughing. Laughing. Um, West Coast versus Essendon, uh, your boys. Did you, did, you have a, did you watch them play against the Kingsley under-12s or no? Nah. No. Nah, <laughs> I, I was flicking between, but... Like with the G, um, Gold Coast Western Bulldogs game going on, that was much more exciting to watch. So um, I stuck with that one. Uh, it's it's nice to see that we're in the eight, but you know what? We got um, West Coast last week. We got North Melbourne this week, which you know you never know which North Melbourne are going to turn up. So point. hopefully that's a good game this week. Um, but yeah, we're we're doing okay. Like I, I don't think that we're top four, top six quality, but if we make the eight, great. If not. Scott has openly said that he's got a bigger plan in mind, but it's actually nice to see that he's got that bigger plan but still wants us to win and he's still making moves in order for us to win. So, Remind um, me again, what, what did Peter Wright do? Remind me again. Dislocated shoulder. So how long is he out for? It can't be too long yet. So he had surgery. They said 12 weeks because it happened just oh, wow. before the start of round one. Okay. Um, and he's a massive pretend- like, no, excuse the literal pun, yeah. but it's a massive yeah. player who comes in. And, and what yeah. they're doing without him is um, is good to see. So, yeah, from a super coach relevance point, Redmond 144, Ridley 130, Martin 120, uh, Merritt 110, McGrath 107, and Stringer 105. Draper's having a much improved year with a 98. Mm-hmm. Um, Hobbs with a 75. I know a lot of people sort of had him on the radar. 
Um, he did get DPP as well, but we'll talk about that later. He did. He did. Shannon Hearn with a 130. Hunt with a 126. Duggan with a 117. Tim Kelly with a 95. Let's be honest. Who cares? If you've got uh, West Coast Eagles players, get rid of them. Uh, Jimby with an 81. Yo back in the side with a 73. Uh, supposedly Tom Barass, I think, started it in the forward line to start the game. And I think they moved him pretty quickly down to the back line, but oh, that was an interesting one. Yeah, right. Surely, surely Sportsbet had a cheeky look at uh, who was betting on uh, Tom Barass for first goal. Have a yeah. little quick look at the inside word there. But um, yeah, not too much. Not too much there. Let's be honest. West Coast have become irrelevant. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, from a Richmond Port Adelaide game, absolute. It was a, I say like a cracker. It was a good game. I mean, obviously some poor kicking up forward. Uh, it was interesting to see how uh, Richmond were going to bounce back after the huge news of uh, Dimmer retiring or standing mm-hmm. down. Um, Tim Taranto, uh, career best with his uh, career matching, I think, four goals or maybe five goals. I could be wrong. Um, huge, 147. Yeah. Um, Shy Bolton, 120. And Curvis, we've talked about him many a time. I tell you what. What a year that he's had um, with a 119, Broad with a 108, Short with a 103. Um, not too much else on that side. Ryan ended up getting subbed, so it's interesting to have a look at the new coach and what his philosophies are there. So Ryan mm-hmm. getting subbed. I think the, the time for him is now to move him on if you haven't already. Houston with a 114. Um, what was it? I heard a quote. He was technically on Shy Bolton, but they called it the Nick Dacos Defensive School, the school oh, really? of Nick Dacos Defense, which was like nowhere near Shy Bolton, but just off getting yeah. touches. Uh, Rosie with a 111, Scott Lysett with a 107, and uh, Butters with a 104, and then yeah. your boy Ollie Wines with a 95. Yeah, I watched this game too, and um, it was considerably frustrating. Um, <laughs> to see Ollie Wines planted on the wing in the last 15 minutes of the game. When the game's there to be won, it started to rain. One of your best wet weather footballers and he's stuck out in the wing. Yeah, not happy, Jan. But you he's know what? Not, it is what it a, is. He's just not a winger either. It's probably the, no. You're probably the same as me, and I know a lot of like diehard footy fans are the same. When it comes to the All-Australian team, don't just pick midfielders and put them out in the wing. You need to pick... Yeah specifically the best two wingers of the year because it is a very different position to just being a midfielder. Yeah. If you watch Ollie Wines run, like he's he's not an athlete. He runs like he's got a bag of dim sims underneath each arm, you know? So <laughs> when, when we're talking about this, he's, <laughs> you put someone on a wing that can run both ways, you know, not a plotter. So like it, it still baffles me why he was out there, but he's on the ground at least and, you know what, a 95 playing out of position for half the game, I'll take that every day of the week. I will, however, very interested to see how Taranto polls at the end of the year. In a side that's been losing, he's consistently been getting over 30 touches. And even though he hasn't been ultra good with his disposal efficiency, he's been getting a lot of the ball. And if not, you know, 80% of the games that Richmond have played, he has been their best player. So, yeah. Yep, it's a fair call. It's a fair call. Um, yeah, it's a fair call. I'm intrigued to see where Richmond go in this next journey. I think mm. uh, they've still got the cattle. It's not a rebuild, but they, I mean, they need Tom Lynch back. I mean, that's a no-brainer. 
Um, then really intrigued to see how they build this side next. I think it's a club that people would want to go to. Uh, they've got Hopper to still come back into that side as well. I think um, the dynasty is over in the way of the Dimmer, um, mm-hmm. you know, with Dusty and um, Cochin and things like that. But I don't – it wouldn't shock me if this team could actually rebuild themselves with a few players just coming into the side. I uh, Watch this space, dare I say. Mm-hmm. Um, Collingwood, North Melbourne – um, Dagoe is he's and Petrarca are like the same player, in my opinion. You come up against a weaker side and you can bet your house on them, they're going to have an absolute rip snorter. And he did 156. Nick Dacos got himself a 124. Pendlebury's 119. Josh Dacos, 111. Still enjoying his game. He flies under the radar as just the second brother now. Um, but mm-hmm. he can play. He can play. Don't don't disregard him. Quainar with a 105. Tom Mitchell, again, having probably the most under-the-radar season ever, but doing exactly what they want from, from him with a 102. Darcy mm-hmm. Moore, we talked about him last week. He has a, he had another ripper with 93. Um, unfortunately, Mr. 300, still side bottom, got subbed off uh, with an injury early, but what an absolute ripper of a career. Um, even as a non-Collingwood fan, I can still sit back and say I enjoy watching Steel Sidebottom and how he goes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and still playing good footy. From a North Melbourne perspective, there wasn't too much to love. Goldstein with a 119. Hugh Greenwood um, just gets every ounce of talent out of him that he possibly can with effort, 116. Um, but there's a few to like in their younger brigade. So Will Phillips stepped up and had probably one of the best games of his career. Um, mm-hmm. Supercoach Wise got him a 99, but absolute great game. Um, and uh, I want to say Bailey Scott. Yes, Bailey Scott. Um, really impressed with him the last two weeks. So he had a tagging role last week, saw him get 30-odd touches, um, and again coming out with another great game with a 95. Dry Sipkin just starting to look like they're Captain Courageous there with an 89. Um, Ford is definitely the one, I think, on everybody's radar now with an 83. For sure. Um, if you're watching this, Brett Ratton, Please drop Aaron Hall. He's a spud. We do not care for him. Put Sheasel back and just leave him alone. Yours sincerely, the Insight Fantasy Sports Team. And not even from a super coach standpoint, but oh, just from just... a general play standpoint or development standpoint. Like, get rid of him. No need for him. We want spuds put back at Spud Shed in yep. the bucket. And let the players play. Bring on the cheesel. You know what? You could offer me a bag of salt and vinegar chips and I'd take that for him in a trade, even though he's barely worth that. Just get rid of him. He doesn't fit your timeline. You're stunting some players' growth. Just get him out. George Wardlaw, get around him. Wardlaw Wardlaw looks good. Wardlaw looks really good. I like that. Great call. Great call. Uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, we saved the best for last. It got a little bit away in the end. Adelaide getting up by 17 points. Brisbane couldn't find the big sticks uh, with a 10-18 scoreline for them. Some big scores here. We knew there would be some big scores. A little bit riskier whether you were going to hold out on the captaincy because you didn't know who was going to be the scorer, but everybody seemed to find a little bit of the footy. Uh, O'Brien with a 124, Dawson with a 120. He looked really good. Rankin, 119. Rory Laird, a 115, but cited by the uh, MIRO. Um, ben Keys, a 102. Worrell and Scholl both got a ton. Uh, just trying to see anyone else there. Not really. 
Dunkley starting to find those bigger scores now with a 146. Lockie Neal with a 122. It's always nice when you see your highlighted players right up in the top four. It just makes mm-hmm. it a little bit enjoyable. Oscar McInerney with a 112. So the Rucks were just tapping and handballing to each other all game. Uh, Bailey with a 97. Daniel Rich back in the side with a 90. And that was about it. Ashcroft, a bit of a weaker game with only a 52, but I still I still rate him. He's going to be a good player. And Wilmot with a very quiet 29. Yeah. I saw the replay of this Laird incident. Neil had both his arms free, like albeit one was holding on to the ball and the other one was there. And he just sort of leant into the ground with his head. You could see him throw his head towards the ground. So I really hope that Laird gets off because if you start seeing people suspended for that, um, who's going to win the Brownlow medal? Aaron Hall? Mate, Come on. Here, like, no mate, one's going here, to be left. My opinion is this, and I don't know if anyone's willing to come out and say it yet, but our game is about to turn into hold tackle. So when I first moved over from Victoria to WA, in Victoria when I grew up, it was full tackle from the moment I went down a Vic kick. We learned how to play Mm -hmm. footy and it was full tackle. I'll never forget coming to WA and I got told it's only bump. And I remember turning to my dad, I was about – nine years old, I'm like, this is a joke. I'm just going to get the footy. I'm just going to run from end to end, which I did. Then the next development was what they called a hold tackle. So all you can do is grab him and hold him. You can't bring him to the ground. That is what we are getting to because no player is going to take the chance of possibly bringing a player to the ground because if their head hits the ground, they're all looked at. There's a very big difference between a lift and a dump like we see in the NRL Mm-hmm. a full vicious sling around and drive them into the ground compared to just, I've got a guy who's six foot two, 90 kilos running at me in a different motion to the direction that I'm going. I grab him, have to try and stop him because if I don't, you just call play on and off he goes. But because his head hits the ground, I'm gone. The tackle is going to become dead just mm-hmm. like the bump. The bump I understand the tackle I do not. This mm-hmm. needs to be looked at before our game goes to shit. I agree. I agree. There's nothing more I need to add there. I just like, look, I don't want to sound like one of those older guys now that's going, oh, when footy was played back in the day, we were all tough. Anyone who steps on a football field is tough. But if we just go into this motion of you must only hold them, yeah, it's not going to be a game we want to, we want to watch as much. I know we need to protect players. I know we need to protect heads. I know we want to make sure that mum and dads want to put their kids in to play AFL football um, without a guaranteed chance they're going to get hurt. But but we have to make sure certain things need to stay. And for me, the tackle is one. And we have to make that differentiation between an unfortunate accident and somebody doing the wrong thing that resulted in somebody getting hurt. That's the big thing for me. It's got a tweet through the Adelaide Footy Club that I've been tagged in. Uh, Adelaide Footy Club will challenge Rory Laird's one-match ban at the tribunal tomorrow night. Neil, for the second time this year, had one arm free and could have protected himself. Tribunal will need to decide if Neil was flopping more on nine news soon. Good. I mean, that'll be the big one. The big one will be the opportunity to protect himself, but the other one for me is still to just look at the motion itself. So you, you've played footy. A lot of everyone who I'm sure listening on plays footy. 
there's a time and a place where you know that you've got both their arms and that dump turns or you sling. There's a lot of time where you just grab them and you're trying to stop the momentum. I don't know if he's, I've got both his arms or what I'm trying to do. Like you're just trying to stop them and tackle them. But yeah, anyways, I think I've said enough about it. That's my take. Yeah. Anyways, we move on. I think it was an awesome round. I think there were some massive scores out there. My boys weren't too fantastic this year, but I'm really excited for, for getting into the buy rounds and making some moves. <clears throat> we're going to jump in and we're going to do another podcast very quickly. Are. I think we're going to film it actually after this one about DPPs, really talking about the buy rounds and getting everybody mm -hmm. set up. In regards to round 11, mate, any final word from yourself? No, nothing from myself in regards to the footy. Uh, a couple of things, though. Shout out to our sponsors, uh, Snap Fitness, who did win the Snap Fitness uh, franchise of the year. So congratulations to Bendigo and uh, Epsom Snap Fitness and to Mark and Emma, congratulations. And they also won Manager of the Year as well for the uh, Snap Fitness Australia. So congratulations to them. Um, but on a sadder note, to my mates... <laughs> Nico, um, who lost his dad yesterday, mate, my thoughts and wishes are with your family. Nico's dad, Mick, was a big part of my life growing up. So to Cheryl, Nico, Chriso and the family, um, yeah, it's a tough time, mate, but you'll get through it. Best wishes from us at the uh, Insight Fantasy Sports team. Uh, great call, mate, and very good shout out. And I think on that note, we will wrap things up. Everyone, thank you so much for listening along. We love what we do. We love bringing you as much content as we can, and we look forward to bringing you more. This has been the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.